we're going to continue on on how to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. This is message five. The importance of this series, uh, it really can't be measured because this is a very big study in how to be led by the Spirit of God into what God has for you to do. You know, Pastor Dave mentioned that verse about God's thoughts towards you outnumber the sand. And if you look at those words, that, that word thought in the Hebrew language literally means plans and purposes. So think about that. How could God possibly have more plans and purposes that outnumber the sand on this planet for you? Well, because we think so in this life. Do you guys realize this life is the shortest stint we're going to be anywhere, right? You know, you're down here for maybe 70, 80, 90, 100. If you really get old, right, 100. You get biblical old, 110, 120. By the time you hit 120, God's going to tell you the same thing he told Moses. Hey, dude, you need to climb up the mountain. You need to die. You need to be home right now, right? But, you know, we're going to go to heaven for about seven years, party, right, get, a re- get some rewards, whatever, and then we're going to come back down here just for another stint for a thousand years, just this little thousand years. We're all going to do a lot down here for a thousand years, right? And uh, then who knows what we're going to do in eternity, but those thoughts are eternal. God has a plan and a purpose for you forever. It's pretty awesome. And I got to tell you, you're going to walk out that plan the same way there as you walk it out here. So there's principles. The word of God never changes. The Holy Spirit is with you forever. He's with you. He, he has eternal residency in your spirit, man, right now. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is upon you, empowering you. I mean, isn't that amazing? So turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. We're going to look at some things, kind of review a little bit. It, it, think of it more like we're, we're, on a, we're, we're taking off here, but we got to go down the runway and we got to lay a foundation again. Want to encourage you, man, go back and listen to these messages and outline them. Because as you disciple people, as you get people saved, lead them to Christ and are discipling them, this is... This is This is Believers 101. You need to learn how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, how to discover God's plan for your life. The reason why it's very clear in God's word, here it is in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Look at what it says. O Lord, I know. So Jeremiah the prophet has been inspired by the Holy Spirit to say, I know, look at this, that the way of man is not in himself to what? That walks to direct his steps. In other words, God did not create you to direct your own steps. So in other words, if you're directing your own steps, guess what? It's not in you, so who, right? Hopefully you'll guess right, but good luck with that, right? So, so you need God to direct your steps. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart 
don't lean on your own understanding. In the Hebrew language, it could read like this. Don't lean on your own mind's conclusions, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Consider him. Considering him, who is him? Considering him is considering his word because you can't separate God from his word. In the beginning was the word, right? John 1, 1. The word was with God and the word was God. You can't separate God from his word. So considering him is considering the word, right? In all your ways, acknowledge or consider him and now you're in a position where he is able to direct your paths, right? So it's not in you to direct your own paths. It's not in me to direct my own path. If you would have told me that God would call me to pioneer a church in Omaha, Nebraska, I would have sat there and went, there's just no way. Because we moved, I grew up in Chicago, we moved out of the Midwest, and I went to this place called Southern California, fell in love with the ocean. Now, Southern California was awesome in the 80s, the 90s, part of the 2000s. We go there and visit now, but I wouldn't want to live there. But still, I, I had no idea that God, I had never been to Omaha, Nebraska. The first time we came into the state, the presence of God filled our car, and the Lord told us this is where we were going to pioneer a church. And I'm telling you, know, what, what was that? How was he able to do that? Well, we were trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. We weren't leaning on our own understanding, right? In all of our ways, we are acknowledging him, and he's able to direct our paths. Now, perfect? No, I kind of thought right up until, I mean, before those Mormon bridges, I'm thinking... We're moving to Omaha for a while. We kind of moved west because we were stuck in a place called Iowa. And, and you know, and, and I thought we were moving west. I, I, no, no offense to people from Iowa. I didn't like Fairfield, Iowa. Small town just was weird to me. You know, it made no sense to drive 90 miles to go to Olive Garden. Right, you know? My son got upset one time because we went to this place. We said, hey, we're going to Cedar Rapids. And then on the way home, he's freaking out. He's crying, and we're like, David, what's wrong? You said we could go see the rabbits. I'm like, what? Cedar rabbits, see, Cedar Rapids, see the rabbits, right? Right? So, but you know, we thought we were going, we thought we were just on our way, kind of God was leading us back to California, right up until we crossed through the Mormon bridges, and then California went away. Because as soon as light came, this became our home in every way. Now, are we able to reach the world from Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, we're doing that, and we'll do that more. Because God, I'm telling you, he loves people, and he wants to get his word out to people, right? Amen. So there are things that you can do that are going to make you more aware of his leanings. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. He wants to reveal the plan of God for your life and walk you, take you by the hand, and lead you into it step by step by step. You hear, right? You hear from him, you yield, and then you follow him. That's how it works, okay? disobedience saying no to his leadings dulls you spiritually right if you are all about your agenda 
you're going to be dull to hearing his agenda. But if you'll get over yourself like I had to, I'm still getting over myself. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit always helps me get over myself, right? But I'm telling you, as you walk it out, when you embrace his agenda for your life, light comes and it's wonderful. And he wants to lead you. He knows exactly every step of the way how he can walk you out of where maybe you are right now into where he wants you to be. Out of sickness and into health. Out of poverty and lack and, and where you have an overflowing supply, right? Out of fear and into spiritual strength and courage and soundness of mind. Boldness, right? He wa he'll walk you out of walking by sight and he'll walk you into how to walk by faith. How to go from being led by yourself to being led by him. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. So Psalm 37.4 has been kind of a foundation. And, you know, I think in week one or two, we went through that, like the first six or seven verses, I think the first six verses of that chapter. But in Psalm 37.4, it makes this statement, delight yourself. Notice you have to delight yourself. So again, this is your, cho your choice. This is not, see, this is a sovereignty statement. The sovereign God is saying, you have to make a decision to delight yourself. I won't make you do it. This whole unscriptural sovereignty doctrine, it's, it's, they take God who is sovereign, but then they twist it into a no-fault gospel. Well, if God wanted me healed, I'd just be healed. If God wanted me to, to you know, have more, I'd just have more. Right? And it's like, that, that's not Bible. Well, you know, God humbled me, really. Because that's kind of strange, because I've never seen a scripture that says, God will humble you. He had always says, you humble yourself, right? So we got to get this right. And I think this is why the word of God is our final authority, not a man's opinion. So if you hear junk that doesn't make sense, don't argue. Just ask them, where is that in the Bible? And if they can't give you two, at least two scriptures... Right? I could, I could tell you, in all of my years, they, they can't give you one scripture. But they really need to give you two or three for you to consider it, right? So, you hear, you yield, and you follow him. Delight yourself in the Lord. That word delight means to make yourself pliable by what? By making God the source of your joy your pleasure, and your satisfaction. It says if you'll do that, he is now able and shall give you the desires of your heart. And we said this, these desires, they are all expressions of God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. They all come from God as a result of delighting in him. And delighting in him is delighting in the word of God right? So then we went over to 1 Corinthians. Go over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Verse 9 and 10 say this, but as it is written, and now Paul, he's inspired by the Holy Ghost. He's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and now he's going to quote, whenever you see as it is written, that is Paul quoting an Old Testament scripture. So he's quoting Isaiah 64, 4 says this, he brings Isaiah 64.4, 4, 
right into the New Testament for you as a born-again believer. And he says this, I have not seen, look at this, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. And we see that that word heart, right, is the Greek word cardia. I bet there's some Bible scholars here that could probably even tell me the Strong's number. G2588. Yeah, you still remember that night, right? So, and what that, what the word cardia means, it literally means it's talking about your soulish realm, specifically your mind, right? So it hasn't, your eye hasn't seen it, your ears haven't heard it, it's not entered into your mind what the things which God, look at this, has prepared, has prepared for you because you love him, Right? The Bible is very clear that God has laid out your whole life. You're a Christian. Your future's not in front of you. It's within you. Right? You don't decide what you do in your life. You discover it. That's why we're teaching on this. Okay? Because if you're deciding, it's not in you to decide. You weren't made like that. And you're like, well, what, what is God controlling me? No, no. This is, we're talking Zoe life. Did did you notice that Jesus didn't do his own thing? His nourishment, his strength, his everything was to do what his father wanted him to do. The Holy Spirit of God, who is God, he doesn't do, he doesn't live independent of the Trinity, right? He literally only says and testifies of Jesus. He takes things that Jesus says to him, and then he shows it to you and I. That's Zoe life. See, spiritual death causes a man or a woman to want to live for themselves and do their own thing, and it all leads to death. What do I mean by that? Could you still make a lot of money? Could you still have a big house? Yeah, for a little while, but it'll all end in death. And while you're even doing it, it's still death. Because guys, God is life. I wouldn't trade places with the wealthiest heathen in the world. Because they don't know God. They, like what, what we've just experienced in worship, they've never experienced that. Right? I mean, it's amazing when we think about Zoe, eternal life. It's to know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. John 17, 3 says that, right? So it goes here, and then it says here, verse, verse 10, we read verse 9, our eye hasn't seen it, our ear hasn't heard it, it's not entered into our mind, the incredible things that God has prepared for those that love him. If you stop there, you could say, well, see, you just never know. Well, no, keep reading, right? Keep reading, little seminary graduate, keep reading because you're one verse away from truth, right? Be careful with what a theologian says, right? Red letters trump everything. I don't care how many letters a person has behind their name. Red letters trump it, right? Because the word is true. Because see, we don't, we don't, you don't want religion. Religion will bind you. Religion is man's idea to get people to be good enough to feel good enough to be accepted by God, but, but we're Christians. We know we could never do that. Jesus had to come. 
I've been made worthy, not because of my behavior, but because of Jesus' behavior. Right? I'm holy, unblameable, unaccusable in his sight because of Christ. Right? So I rest in that. Amen? So look at this. We can't see, we can't hear, it's not entered our mind, the things that God's prepared for us. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Jump down to verse 12, and then he says this. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but, you could say this, but we have received the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Holy Spirit is in you, and he will open the word of God to you so that you know the things that God has freely given to you. God has no plans for you to die early. God has no plans for you to walk through life with a limp, right? He has no plans for you to every allergy season be all messed up. No, no, no. He has made a way. And he took your place so that we can walk free from these things, right? So then we see this. When you realize it's not in me to know my own way, what does that do? It makes you completely dependent upon him. In other words, it takes away the option that the enemy will try to always bring into your life and your own flesh will try to bring it into your life that you decide, no. No, this is not optional. I don't have an option to, be, to lead myself sometimes and let him lead me other times. That's not, not according to the word. If I, want, if I want to live the Zoe life of God, it's so cool. I just, I just got rid of that option. Right? It's not optional for me to forgive some and not others. I just lo- I walk in love. My flesh hates it. My spirit loves it. Right? It's not optional for me to decide, well... You know, I think I'm just going to take 2024 off. I'm going to go get Nelson's book of, two, of 2024 for sermons for the whole year for our church. Oh. Are you kidding me? No way. Wow. Any pastor that would do that, I just want to grab him and go, listen, you're going to miss some incredible intimate times with the Lord, and you're going to have to violate your spirit because that's not, that was not for you. Right? We're not mechanical with these things. So then we jumped over. Now that I'm completely dependent upon the Lord because I can't figure this out, right, on my own, I'm complete, all my trust is in him now. I'm living, I'm a man who lives with no, with very few options in my life, right? I've got options. Walk by faith, walk in love, be strong in the Lord, not in myself, Right, I've got yield to the love of God. Right, meditate in His Word only two times a day, day and night. Right, uh, right. Be led by the Spirit of God. Well, to be led, I got to get to know Him. I got to, I got to know how He leads, and that's that's why we're teaching on this. Because in Romans chapter twelve, remember we went through Romans first few verses, but then in verse six it says this: having then Gifts differing, we all have different gifts, 
We're all one body, but we're different members of a body. We all have different gifts, gifts differing according to the grace that is given. Gifts differing according to the grace given. You have been given grace to flow in your gifts. You don't, you don't have grace to flow in somebody else's gift. I can't just all of a sudden feel stirred and walk up and go, oh, Pastor Mark, you could go sit down. I'm going to play the saxophone tonight. Right? Jared, you know what? Thank you, but I'm going to play the flute tonight. Scary. Now, my musical career, I did sign up to be a drummer. So, you know, in fifth grade, I signed up, and they gave me this little pad. It had rubber on it and drumsticks. And so I got that. We, we went through an hour of music class. I went home. You know, they told me to take that home and practice, and I'm like, okay. So I took it home, and I threw it in my bedroom, grabbed my basketball, and my mom's like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm going to go play basketball. She's like, no, 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 you got to practice drums. I'm like, okay, I'm out. That was, that was the end. The next day, I was no longer a drummer because, no, I'm not. Basketball, drums. For me, there was no, right? But I don't need to know how to be a drummer, right? Because what I, God's called me to do, God would send people like TJ, Ethan, right? Sam. I mean, he sends these guys that could really do it. Gifts differing according to the grace that is given. And then it says this, it gives us an example. Whether prophesy, let us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. In other words, you have gifts differing, grace given, faith proportioned. These are very important parts of finding. We went into this in depth, finding God's purpose and plan for your life. So four things that help you. And I'll say this again. We've said it a lot. We'll probably still say it a lot until this is over. Four things that are going to help you determine your destiny, right? You pursue your desires. You flow in your, get, or in your grace. You stir the gifts. And you exercise your faith. That is how you discover God's plan for your life. But it all starts, where does it all start? I've got to delight myself in the Lord, and I'm meditating in his word day and night. His word opens up on the inside of me. The will of God is constantly coming into my heart in the form of his word, but it's coming out of my heart in the form of true desires. As I, remember, desire. Satan's worked overtime in our society to mess that word up. We hear desire, we think lust and all this other stuff. No, no, the very word, D means of, sire means of the Father. All true desires come from him. As you delight in the Lord, your own ideas, Satan's counterfeits, will be, will be overshadowed by this incredible desire for you to step out and do something. That's the will of God being expressed out of your life. So what do you do there? You pursue that desire. How? I pursue it by, by stirring up the gifts inside of me. How do I stir up the gifts with my mouth? Amen. Right? So I stir up the gifts. I also stir up the gifts by being planted where God wants me. Right? 
I mean, we have a lot of church buildings in the world. I'm not so sure how many of them have a lampstand, right? I mean, it kind of freaked me out when I first taught on the book of Revelation. I'm just minding my own business, studying on the letter, letters to the seven churches in the first three chapters, and I come to the church of Ephesus first. It was the greatest church in the early church, and Jesus said, listen, if you don't return back to your early love, I'm going to come quickly and remove the lampstand. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Think about a church that puts the Holy Spirit not even in the back room. We don't even believe in that. Right? No, no. We're, we're always going to be like, Lord, you will never have to take the lampstand from here. Right? We have an order of service. I mean, I get this order of service. Do you know what that means compared to if the Holy Spirit wants to move? Nothing. Just, no offense, didn't mean to throw that at you, but I mean, we just throw it out. We just throw it out, right? Aren't you glad, though? You have your own agenda for tomorrow, but you better be submitted to the Lord. You better be open to his leading. He'll lead you into glorious places, right? So what do I do? I pursue my desires. How do I do that? By literally stirring the gifts within me right? I stir those gifts. I, I learn how to flow in the grace of God, which is his ability. So I'm flowing in the grace of God. I'm stirring the gifts, but the enemy's going to try to stop things and God will have you go places where you see there's no way for you to go. He'll say, we're going to the other side and there'll be a big storm. You're going to have to exercise your faith, but you exercise your faith. Listen, God will never leave you. He said in Joshua 1.5, and he's no respecter of persons. So if he did this for Joshua, he'll do it for you. He said, no man will be able to stand before you and block you from doing what I've called you to do. Because as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And he's saying that to you too. Don't let your past, your past can't stop you. Your past mistakes I don't care if you have a criminal record. I don't care if you've went bankrupt three times I don't, or more. Right? Doesn't matter that you've been divorced. Don't, don't let anything in the world stop you because the Bible is clear. One thing from Genesis all the way through Revelation, you can't tell where an individual will end up based on where they are. No matter how a person's messed up, you just you start doing this, you start delighting in the Lord, meditating in His Word, right? All of a sudden, the desire comes, and you just have this desire to move in a direction. And you don't see the whole thing. You just start walking, right? And then what do you do? You start to learn. You stir the gifts up inside of you because you'll have gifts uh, that will literally fit, right? You'll have gifts, and then there will be a grace to empower that gift so that you could flow in that grace and there will be a faith. You'll be able to stand and believe God for what God's called you to do. Amen. With me, with pastoring this church, there is, a, there is a, a, a level of exercising of faith that I have. I'm just like, listen, whatever we need, just tell me what it costs. Because I'll believe God. I don't care if it's $50 million. That, who cares? Because when I look at it, $50 million to Tony Finley or to... Our congregation is a lot of money. But $50 million to the one who is financing this deal is nothing. 
Because God is the financer. He's your, he's he's the one backing you. You're here on assignment. He doesn't expect you to work 900 years to come up with the money to go do what he said. You claim that, you exercise your faith, but you won't do that. See, a lot of people are trying, word of faith people, they're trying to exercise their faith when they have never learned to trust God. Because what does it mean to trust God? It means that all my trust is in him. And I'm dependent upon him and no one else and nothing else. Right? I met a pastor one time that literally a Rama minister who was a teacher at Rama, who was a guest minister in his church, the Lord led him to go to the same city and pioneer a church that his church was at. He had a very strong church. And the Sunday that this well-known Rama minister started, his church was literally empty. Every tither, everyone left to go to the other church because, oh my gosh, he's in town. Right? I talked to that pastor. He's like, man, I was so mad at this Rama minister. And the Lord told me I had a choice. And the Lord asked him, he said, so if I lead another one of my children to start a church in the same city, what does that have to do with the call that I have on your life? And the Lord told him, he said, listen, I filled it the first time. I'll fill it again. And he got over himself and he realized, wait, this guy's not my enemy. He loves God with all of his heart. And you know what? It can't, like, could you imagine if God called us? Okay, this is it. Omaha metro area. Over a million people, you got to reach them. You're going to give an account. Makes you really glad that there's other churches here, right? Because not everybody could deal with me. (laughs) And my wife says it this way, different churches are like different flavors of ice cream, right? We'll just leave it at that. So in other words, you discover and you fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life by pursuing your desires stirring your gifts, how many times am I going to say this, flowing, right, in your grace and exercising your faith. you gotta, you got to get that down on the inside of you because it's not about learning it. It's about seeing it, discerning it, and applying it to your life and going from being a hearer of it to a doer so that now you know how this whole thing works. So Proverbs chapter 13 in verse 12, makes an interesting statement. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And otherwise, when there's no hope, when you look to your future and you see nothing changes, it makes your heart sick, right? Heart, again, I wonder what that word is. It's dealing with your mind. It's dealing with your mind. See, Satan, he will work overtime to try to discourage you, right? You have an illness, you have an injury, and it's taking longer. And and then you come and you're like, why did this happen to me? Get that out of your vocabulary. Get in your vocabulary, I'm coming out. I'm going to be stronger. And the enemy's going to have to bring back everything that I lost during this time. So I'm just going to rejoice, right? Because... See, Satan loves discouragement, but he never wants to stop there. 
What he's really after is your hope. Because faith gives substance to the things you're hoping. And remember, Bible hope is not, you know, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket and I sure hope I win. Which means I may or I may not, right? No, no, Bible hope, that Greek word means a confident, joyous expectation. If God said it, if he said he gave it to you, it's yours. So you could expect it, right? So, but if a person looks to their future and sees it never getting better, better, guess what happens? You go from discouragement to despair. What lives in despair? The spirit of suicide lives in despair. Goes to a 15-year-old girl. Hey, the world would be a better place. You should just end your life. Are you kidding me? That's, it's irrational. But Satan loves irrational stuff. Very deceptive, right? So you got to be careful because he wants to get you into despair so that he could throw anxiety, depression, all kinds of stuff on you. But I got news for you. Even if you're in despair tonight, even if you're in depression tonight, guess what? The anointing destroys that yoke. And you could come out tonight by simply believing God. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But look at this. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Wow. Wait a minute. I thought the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. There's still a tree of life. Did you notice in the Garden of Eden that God left a flaming sword? He made a way back to the tree of life. So every time you partake of this word, you're partaking of the tree of life. Right? When the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Now that's a whole other teaching. But look at this. When the desire, and here is, this word means a craving, a longing of one's heart. Something that you want, it's not something you need, it's something that you're craving. If you feed on the world or if you live your own life, it will dull you spiritually so you don't crave. God wants you to crave what he's called you to do. I hear about pastors taking, I got to take a six-month sabbatical. It's so hard. Man, I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me? Right? Because we should be, you walk with the Lord. Yeah, do you deal with stuff? Everybody deals with stuff. But how, do, how does a Christian deal with stuff? Hey, Father, here you go. Here you, oh, yeah, here's another burden. Here you go. Because God says if you cast your burden on me, if something's bothering you, if you give it to me, I'll sustain you, and I'll never allow you to be moved. That's what, Psalm 55, 22, right? So look at this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire, the craving, when the longing of your heart comes... It's a tree of life. So as you delight in the Lord, these desires will be a craving, a longing in your heart. It is a craving and a longing in my heart. I, I just literally drool at the thought of reaching people Amen. with the gospel Amen. and so that God can change their life. Right? I mean, that's, what, that's how we live. Look at 1 John chapter 5. See, this is why, like last week, we talked about don't live on the need level. Two levels of faith. 
right? Level one is you got to realize that God met all your needs already. So you just thank him for those needs. You don't get caught up in it, even though Satan's going to try to get you caught up in it because you can't walk out of the desires, longings, and cravings of your heart if you're still trying to worry about your electric bill. So he wants you free from that. You are a person of purpose and destiny, right? So let's look at this. 1 John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask, interesting, this word means to call for, to require, to make a demand for. Why? The whole word has, is dripping with, because I'm craving it. What things soever you desire, or, or uh, this is the confidence that we have in him, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And God is so good, if, he, if we know he hears us, then we know we have the petition we have desired of him, right? This one, this second word desired is what? It, it's, it's, it's a different Greek word. It literally means that we've required of him. You get enough of a handle on the things you desire to express them when you pray. If you believe you receive them, you'll have them. Amen. When the desire gets so big that you cannot help but pray and ask, and what I mean by ask is call for, require, you're craving this, you'll have it. But if you have to motivate yourself to confess things, you're not there yet. Do you ever wonder why people confess things and confess things thinking that eventually that's going to get them the things? No, no, no. You already have it. It's a matter of you receiving it now. And you're not going to be able to lay hold through faith if you're not craving it. If you're not motivated. You know, if you, if you have 900 things going on this day and you're going to spend 35 seconds... Oh, I just believe I received my healing. Right? I, that's not going to get it done. But if you stir yourself, and all of a sudden, this desire, this craving, or, or you come to the reality of, listen, Jesus bore this condition. I am done dealing with this pain in my body. I'm done having to go to doctors every week, deal with all this medicine. I am coming out of this. This has no legal right in my body. Satan, I mean, that's, that's the place. Amen. Brother Hagen said it like this. I, you know, again, these little statements when I was in school. He said, it's the part of the word that you get excited about that will work for you. And this is exactly why he said that, right? When the desire gets big enough on the inside of you, that out of that desire comes declaring, praying, right? Requiring, craving, longing, you'll have the desire. See, many Christians don't understand this and, and, and they're trying, and I'm, I'm not talking about the Baptists down the street. I'm talking about us. Those who can quote a lot of scriptures, but we don't, maybe don't see as much as we think we can quote. We think maybe we're a lot more mature than sometimes we are because we're just not taking the time. I'm telling you, We've all been sitting under the word for so long. I'm telling you, you in a very short period of time can go from literally a hearer to a doer Amen. and to where everything in your life can change in a matter of days. 
Satan will tell you you're so far away. God's telling you you're right there. Stir yourself up. See what happens, what comes out of your spirit. Because out of your spirit is a divine destiny that there is a reason for your life. And you are to live, you are to leave an eternal footprint in human history. Man, you gotta, you gotta see that when you wake up and open your eyes, that demons are shuddering. Right? I mean, that you have to see that. Because the Bible says if you will submit yourself to the Lord and stand against the devil, he will flee as in terror. Because you know who you are. And you know who he is. Right? So how can I be sure that I'm desiring the right thing? That's a good question, right? We must know God's will in every area of our life. Why? I love what F.F. Bosworth said. He said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Right? Because you can't have faith. Faith comes from hearing the word. F.F. Bosworth, boy, if you've never read that book, Christ the Healer, it's a phenomenal book. But faith begins where the will of God is known, so we must distinguish between right desires and wrong desire. We call them desires. There's really no wrong desire from God. You could say it correctly, maybe, a right desire or a wrong craving in your flesh. Right? You've got to be able to tell the difference. See, many people don't pursue their desires because there's a fear there. Because when, sometimes when you see what God wants you to do, like what I see on the inside of me that we're called to do with this, this work that God, you know, that we call Faith Family Church, it's so much bigger than all of us. But it's, it's God's plan. If you were to see God's plan for your life, he can't even show you all of it at once because it's too big. You'd freak out. He needs to grow you up so you can see parts of it. That's how you progressively walk out the will of God, the good, acceptable, and perfect. Three adjectives that describe one will of God for your life. And how do you progressively do it? As you renovate your thinking. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Many people never find God's will because they move too quick. And, and man, that's, that's, I know that was me in many areas. You're, you're, you know, you're, this, you're just all excited. And, and God starts stirring you for something. And it's like, man, you just jump and you just want to go do something. No, no, no. It's not, it's not just what God wants you to do, but when he wants you to do it. Right? So this is God. He's a good father. And see, this is the thing. As you walk with him, you're content where you are on the way to where you're going. Okay? You guys are not helping. I was thinking I was going to fly through this tonight. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is getting some things over to us, isn't he? We got to slow down. We don't need to be in a hurry because Jesus is the author. Right? That means he's the initiator. And it says in the King James, he's the finisher of your faith. The problem I always had with that, I'm like, I got to look at that Greek word because I'm never going to be finished. No, no, that word finisher means developer. Amen. Talk to me in a million years. Tori and I will be talking a million years from now. Our faith will be at a different level. And we won't be stagnant. We won't be like, well, you know, I know all that. 
No, we'll be sitting here going, man, there's so much we don't know. Right? It's exciting. Many people never find God's will because they move too quick. They never count the cost. And when opposition comes, what happens is they question their desires that God gave them. So you, gotta, you, you just let the Holy Spirit walk you through that, right? See, we need to develop confidence in knowing the will of God for our life. So how, how do we fulfill our dreams, right? You got to pursue the desire. Have you ever heard me say that before? You pers- to pursue your desire, you must be determined to see the desire direct your life, okay? You, t- in order to pursue a desire, you have to be determined in your heart. This is God's will for my life. I'm going to allow this to direct my life. And trust me, it's not blind because there will be all kinds of scriptures that are undergird you. If you come talk to me about something that, hey, you know, God has put this on my heart to do, you're, you're probably going to hear me say, okay, that's awesome. What two or three scriptures is, is, are you, are you, is just blowing up in your heart? You're seeing them that is that, where that's coming from, right? For me, <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea what all that would mean. But for me, the three scriptures... That's still, the only difference between now and in 2006, really it started in 2003, the only difference is it's much greater revelation now. The word of God is cumulative. It's, it's transformative. When you peer into revelation knowledge, you keep going deeper into it. But my three scriptures for this church, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn, right? It goes on. This is your heritage because you're my righteous child, basically, right? Joshua 1.5 is another one. It blows it. it just, that's why I talk about these scriptures a lot. Tony, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Nobody will be able to block you from doing what I've called you to do. No person. So you love everyone. You love every person and keep your eye on the fact that the enemy is the enemy. I have no enemies that are men or women. What's the third one? Psalm 1-3. That if I would delight myself in the word of God and meditate on it day and night, that I would be like a tree planted by rivers of water, always have more than enough. And all the provisions coming from within It's not coming from without, right? I love all the love and encouragement, the honor that you guys show me and my family. It's it's wonderful, but it doesn't move me because because the Lord told me you've got to be deadened to the praise of men and the persecution of men. If you're not deadened to the praise, you'll you'll be moved by the persecution. And when you look at yourself and you have somebody do a wonderful internet story on you about how you're out to lunch or you overhear what some pastor's saying about you or what some person's saying about you, do you know what that means in my life? That means absolutely nothing to me. 
other than if I hear about a pastor that's not happy with me, I'll start praying for him. Because I'm like, Lord, I, I know I can't be unhappy with anybody because that'll affect me, and I don't want this to affect him. Do you know, I made it my goal in life that there will never be anyone that will have to stand before the Lord and give an account for anything negative that they said or did about me. Because the Bible said, whoever sins I remit, they're remitted. So if anybody ever does me wrong, I'm like, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. And, and, and do not hold this sin against them. I'm not ever going to hold it against them, and you either. Now, your flesh will have a little trouble with that. But when you say those words, I'm not flesh. Right? So, so literally, yes, we have to live like a dead man. So I'll be like a tree. My leaf will never wither. That means I'll always be fresh. Now I might get some more wrinkles, uh, you know, whatever, but I'm, don't call me old, right? I'm, I'm, I'm getting older, but don't call me old because my leaf will always be fresh, right? Not only that, I will yield all of my fruit in my season, so everybody that I'm supposed to reach on this earth, in my short vapor of my life, I will reach. And everything that I put my hand to will prosper, or is it in the literal Hebrew, will be brought to maturity by my God. Those are the three scriptures, right? Those are, man, that's what I declare over my life. God will give you that. And, it'll, and, and you'll, have to, you'll literally have to exercise your faith. Flow in that grace. There's grace that's just dripping in there. Right? So, to pursue your desire, you must be determined to see the desire direct your life. Got to be determined. The moment must come when you are willing to allow the desire to direct the course of your life. There is no plan B for Tony Finley, right? I remember in 2007 when my mom called me up and said, hey, there's this church in, in, in where they lived in California, and it's a good-sized church, and they've been listening to your messages. And man, they really want to interview for you for a, to be a pastor. They're all excited about you. So can I, can I give you the number of this board member to call? You know, we had probably a whopping maybe 60, 70 people in a cafeteria of Elkhorn Ridge Middle School. Real stable church. We might not have looked stable, but we were stable. Because we did everything from day one as if we were going to be a, a solid church. Why? Well, because this was not our idea. It was his idea. God told me, Tony, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. This is born of spirit can't be killed. Now, if I don't do what he wants, it'll still go on with another pastor, maybe with another name. God will get it done, but I've made a decision. I'm going to let him use me, right? So, so this is incredible. You have to, but I told my mom, I'm like, no, I'm not calling any board member. Well, will you at least look at the website? She got mad at me. I'm like, no, there's, I'm not looking at that. that. That's not where I'm supposed to be. But, but Tony, you love California. No. See, this is, you have to come to a place where you are willing to let the desire direct the course of your life. 
See, that's who the Holy Spirit can just lead. And I got to tell you guys, it was different. It was different in 2003, 6, and 7 than it is today. Because going into 2024, I believe we're going to do a lifetime of ministry in a, in a very short period of time. So I'm telling you, you might not have actually started a certain level, but you're going to go through phases of ministry and do, I mean, and then all of a sudden we're just going to hear a shofar and be out of here. So get ready. Get your heart ready. Stop. Stop saying no to the Holy Spirit. Stop feeding on the world because it dulls you. Right? If the desire never becomes strong enough to direct the decisions of your life, most likely you will never see the desire come to pass. Can I talk? We can, I can talk about this. Man, I was typing these notes today. I was so excited because you can handle this. You have enough in you to where I, I there's, a, there's an utterance for me to say that to you. And here's what I'm saying. You don't even have to understand that. As a matter of fact, if you're sitting here saying you understand that, well, just keep meditating on it for a little bit because then you'll realize, you know, I really don't understand that, but I'm going to, right? That's what, that a lot of Word of Faith Christians, they think they're 500 miles deep, right? And 500 miles wide, and what they are are 500 miles wide, but they're about five inches deep. But, but that's okay because five inches deep will get you through. So just relax, stop beating yourself up, Stop looking at natural things. Get to the place where God, if you tell me to run and jump and land on the moon, I know I can do it. I can do all things through you. It doesn't matter what the natural says, right? Now, God's not going to have anybody do that. I mean, it may be. I don't see that anywhere in the word. But, you know, we don't want to be Star Trek Christians, Boldly going where no man's gone before, right? No, no, we want to be led by the Spirit of God. But he'll lead you beyond yourself, right? You will need patience to see the desire fulfilled. It is through faith and patience. Pastor Dave was talking about that as he was receiving the offering. You keep delighting in God's word as you pursue the desires. You never Ever. Now, this is big. You never delight in the desire. I don't delight in the desire. I delight in the Word of God. I delight in God. I don't delight in the fact that I'm pastor of Faith Family Church. I love every minute of it. I thank God multiple times every day for the honor and blessing that it is in my life. But there's only one thing that I delight in right? You guys all know I am, I don't want to say madly, but I am so all in in love with this lady on the front row, right? I mean massively every, in every way. She made the mistake of putting mistletoe up next to my chair in the living room. So in order for her to walk into the kitchen, so like, she's like, honey, I've got a lot of stuff. I'm like, you you put it up there. So you can't, you, you're not, right? You're not, you can't go into the kitchen until I get mine. Right? 
But although I'm so all in with her, guess what? I don't delight in her. I delight in the Lord, which enables me to love her the way that I'm to love her. Do, do you see that? It's, how, it's, it's getting things in right balance. Don't pursue things. Don't pursue. See, you're single. You want to get married. Don't pursue a guy or a girl. Pursue the Lord and let him give you that person. Right? He will give you. And when you, when, I mean, I am so glad. You know, I was frustrated. Man, I had this college and career ministry. Everybody is meeting and getting married, and they were all younger than me. You know, I'd go out with a girl, and three seconds into it, I'm like, wow, she loves the Lord. She's beautiful. Not the one. What am I doing? Right? But I just kept thanking the Lord, kept saying, I'm going to marry a Midwestern girl, and I'll know her when I see her. <laughs> then all of a sudden, one day, I'm in church. Four rolls in front of me is the back of Jeanette's head. And the Lord goes, there she is. The first time I met Jeanette, I was so taken back. I'm like, this is so weird. I feel like I've known her my whole life, and I don't even know her. You don't decide, you discover. And, and here's the thing, guys. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. He loves you. He, does, he won't give you second best. I don't, care. I don't care if 800 of your Christian friends say, listen, you're just being too, you're just too, you know, you can't have everything. You already have everything. Are you kidding me? If it's not good and perfect, it's not from him. So guys, take your eyes off on finding the woman. Put your eyes on becoming the man that their father would want to give you them. Ladies, Seriously, get your eyes off what that guy needs to be doing and who he is. Get your eyes on, okay, Lord, mold me into the woman, right? It's a different way to live. I never delight in the desire. I delight only in the Lord. And here is what your life and my life is to be. This is what we're talking about. Your whole life is to go from you experiencing the fulfillment of one desire after another desire after another desire. After, your whole life, the Bible calls it going from glory to glory, and you go there by the Spirit of the Lord. Wow. Well, that's good. I can't even go to the next verse or we'll be here for another hour. So you got to come back next week. There we go. You know, I love you guys so much. I pray that this has helped you. Get, listen to these messages again. Meditate on, when, when a scripture jumps out at you, meditate in it. Don't look at your life and go, I really have a desire to do this, but I see no way for this to come to pass. If you see no way, that's probably a desire from God. But God will make a way where there is no way. He will open a door that no man can close. Thank God he closes doors that no man can open. But the bottom line is, you meditate in the word so that you observe yourself doing the word so then the word of God will empower you to make your way prosperous. And we never work out anybody else's salvation because the word of God is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. 
The Bible says I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him and he will direct not my wife's path, not my kid's path. He will direct my path.